0: Hi, you're listening to All Law, an audio series brought to you by Lakshmi Kumaran and Sridharan, a leading Indian law firm. At the firm, we are proud to combine the knowledge of law with extensive experience in industry and technology in order to design practical legal solutions for our clients. This podcast series is a part of our knowledge sharing initiative where we will discuss notable judicial and regulatory developments and analyze the business implications of the law as it evolves in India. Violation of Section 13 of the Income Tax Act. Denial of Entire Exemption versus Partial Exemption. The Income Tax Act 1961 provides for various benefits for trusts which are established for charitable or religious purposes and are registered under the Income Tax Act. Section 11 and 12 of the Income Tax Act are the substantive provisions for exemptions available to religious and charitable trusts. The exemption provided for under Section 11 and 12 is, however, subject to certain restrictions provided under the Section 13 of the Income Tax Act. In this podcast, we would be discussing the implications of Section 13 which purports to deny the exemption available in certain scenarios. We now discuss the provisions under the Income Tax Act with respect to exemption for trusts. Section 11 and 12 of the Income Tax Act provides for exemption with respect to certain incomes earned by charitable or religious trusts. Certain incomes earned by such trusts are not taxable upon fulfilment of a few conditions. Such incomes are any income derived from property held under trust, holy or charitable, or religious purposes to the extent to which such income is applied to such purposes in India, and any income in the form of voluntary contributions made with a specific direction that they shall form part of the corpus of the trust or institution. The expression charitable purposes is defined under section 2 subsection 15 of the income tax act to include relief to the poor education yoga medical relief preservation of environment and the advancement of any other object of general public utility the exemptions granted under section 11 and 12 of the income tax act are subject to the conditions mentioned in Section 12A of the Income Tax Act. Considering that the Trust claims exemption under Section 11 of the Income Tax Act, it is important to understand the implications of Section 13 which purports to deny the exemption available in certain scenarios. The bar in Section 13, subsection 1, is that the income or property of the trust should not be used directly for the benefit of specified persons. Section 13, subsection 2 enlists certain specified circumstances where it is deemed that the income or property of the trust is used or applied for the benefit of specified persons. Section 13 subsection 3 defines specified persons which includes the author of the trust, the founder of the trust, any person who has made a substantial contribution to the trust or institution, etc. Therefore, if a trust carries out any transaction, directly or indirectly for the benefit of the specified persons mentioned in section 13 subsection 3 then the set trust will run the risk of losing out on the exemption provided under section 11 and 12 of the Income Tax Act. Let's now understand whether the denial of exemption is entire or partial. A long-drawn issue with respect to Section 13 is whether a contravention under Section 13 subsection 1 or Section 13 subsection 2 would lead to denial of partial or entire exemption under Section 11 and 12 of the Income Tax Act. This issue arises since the language employed in Section 13 potentially paves way for two possible interpretations. One, that the exemption in its entirety is to be denied, and the other, that only the exemption for the respective income which is in violation of the provisions of Section 13 must be denied. In order to remove the difficulty with respect to the set issue, an amendment has been made in Section 13, Subsection 1, c and d the said amendment provides that only that part of the income which has been applied in violation to the provisions of section 13 shall be liable to be included in total income it is essential to note that the set amendment will come into effect from 1st april 2023 therefore the said amendment will be applicable prospectively from assessment year 2023 and 2024. Further, Section 115 BBI has also been introduced by Finance Act 2002 to tax the income in violation to Section 13 at special rates, which would also come into effect from 1st April 2023. In light of the said amendments, the moot question is What would be the position for the said issue for the assessment years prior to 1st April 2023, that is, assessment year 2023 and 2024, that is, for periods prior to the amendment being made expressly effective? We now talk about the denial of entire exemption. The Delhi High Court in DIT Exemption versus Chiranjeev Charitable Trust dealt with an issue of whether the SSE violated section 13 subsection 1 C subclause 2 read with section 13 subsection 3 of the Income Tax Act. In respect of the transactions of the SSE, with one APIL. In this matter, the SSE was a charitable trust which was granted registration under Section 12A of the Income Tax Act. The SSE, in furtherance of its objects to open school, entered into agreements with APIL in the financial year 2003-2004 for purchase of land and an advance was also made. It was an admitted fact that APIL was a specified person under Section 13, subsection 3E of the Income Tax Act. The payment made was treated as application of income towards charitable purposes in the set financial year. The SSE, due to various reasons, changed its mind and the agreements were cancelled, and the advance amount paid by the SSE was refunded to it in the financial year relevant to the assessment year 2006-2007. In deciding the assessment for financial year 2003-2004 relevant to assessment year 2004-2005, it was noted by the AO that the advance amount continued to remain with APIL for the whole financial year without any progress in the transaction. There was no interest or compensation stipulated for the delay in conveyance of the land and no sale deed was signed for more than one year. The revenue contended that if the trust was quite serious about pursuing its objects of running schools and dispensaries, it should have insisted on conveyance of the lands within a reasonable period of time or at least stipulated for interest or adequate compensation for damages in case of failure to honour the alleged agreement. It was further contended by the revenue that the monies were lying with APIL for a longer period without any interest or security. The court agreed with the contentions of the revenue that the real motive of the SSE was to advance its surplus monies to APIL without charging any interest. And since APIL was a prohibited person within the meaning of section 13 subsection 3, it was held that the SSE has committed a violation of the provisions of section 13 of the Income Tax Act and therefore the trust Was not eligible for the entire exemptions under section 11 of the Income Tax Act. It may also be pointed out that a special leave petition filed before the Honourable Supreme Court by the SSE has been admitted in this case. Another matter before the High Court of Kerala in Agappa Child Centre versus CIT dealt with a similar issue. The SSE a public charitable trust purchased a refrigerator and kept it at the residence of its managing trustee. As the trustee was enjoying the use of the property of the trust, the ITO held that the provisions of Section 13 were attracted. The court observed that from a bare reading of the provisions, it can be inferred that the legislative emphasis is on availability for the use of any person referred to section 13 subsection 3 and that too for any period during the previous year without charging adequate rent or compensation. The court held that the managing trustee was one of the prohibited persons as per section 13 subsection 3. Therefore, the court held that the entire exemption of the trust is to be denied. We now talk about the denial of partial exemption. The High Court of Karnataka in CIT versus Father Muller's Charitable Institutions dealt with a similar issue. The SSE was a charitable trust running a large number of institutions. During the course of an inquiry, the assessing officer noticed that the SSE trust had advanced a sum of rupees 80 lakhs to J Limited which was running a Kannada daily for the purpose of advertisements, printing, etc. The assessing officer opined that advancing of such a huge amount was in violation of section 11 of the Income Tax Act. Hence, the SSE was not entitled for exemption for the said amount. The court observed that section 13 subsection 1 makes it clear only the income from such investment or deposits which has been made in violation of section 11 subsection 5 that was liable to be taxed and that violation under section 13 subsection 1 d does not tantamount to denial of entire exemption under section 11 on the total income of the SSE trust the bombay high court in CIT v. Audhyogic Shikshan Mandal, referring to the decision of the Karnataka High Court in CIT v. Father Muller's charitable institutions, held that where funds of the SSE Trust were utilized for purchase of car in the name of the trustee, there was a violation of Section 13. However, the denial of exemption under Section 11 should be limited only to the amount which was diverted in violation and not the entire exemption under Section 11 of the Income Tax Acts. Apart from the judicial precedents discussed before, it may also be of interest to refer to the language employed in Section 164 of the Income Tax Act. If exemption under section 11 is not available due to application of section 13 then the income of the trust is taxable under section 164 of the Income Tax Act. Section 164 provides that where the whole or any part of the relevant income is not exempt under section 11 or 12. Tax shall be charged on the relevant income at the maximum marginal rate. The use of the expression whole or any part of the relevant income in section 164 lends a meaning that denial of entire exemption is not contemplated in section 13 of the Income Tax Act. In conclusion, one may also take cue from the Memorandum to Finance Act 2022 which specifically provides that denying the entire exemption to the trust for a small amount of income applied in violation creates difficulties to the trusts and institutions. Therefore, even though the Beneficial Amendment to Section 131 c and d is to come into effect only from 1st April 2023, a view may be taken that denial of the entire exemption for one violation may be too harsh on the trusts which are run for charitable or religious purposes for assessment years prior to assessment year 2023 and 2024. Thank you for taking the time for listening to this series. We would love to hear your feedback, comments and questions about the episode. You can write to us at podcast at to know more. You can even suggest topics for future episodes you'd like to hear more about. Do check out our website www.lakshmisree.com which has been linked in the episode description below to keep abreast with relevant legal updates. We hope you'll join us next week.